This morning we're going to start off just a little bit differently here, okay? I, I want you to, you're going to do a little imagining. Okay, I want you to imagine a little bit. Okay, so what I want you to imagine right now is that uh, what we've done just right here and maybe even out into the parking lot, we've set up an obstacle course. Okay, okay, an obstacle course. Now, some of you, uh, you've probably seen like American Ninja Warriors on TV. Yes. Anybody seen that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So just kind of imagine that obstacle course, all right? Uh, but in this case, because it's your obstacle course and I'm very gracious, I'm going to let you make your obstacle course as difficult or as hard as you want. Okay? You can decide how many curves and jumps and, you know, bars you have to climb on. You get to decide. Okay? Now, once you've got your obstacle course, is it all set up now? Can, can you imagine your obstacle course set up? Okay. Okay. Now I want you just to take a second. I want you to look at it. And I want you to imagine the path you're going to take. Okay? You get the idea? You're planning your course, how you're going to jump and swing and climb and do all these things that you've got to do. Now, now you're at the starting line, and you're ready to begin, and the, the, you know, the whistle's about to blow, and off you're going to go. Except that just before the starter says go, somebody comes along and they put a blindfold on you. So you're unexpectedly blindfolded standing there at the, at the start of your obstacle course, and of course, all those obstacles, what happens to them? You can't see them, right? They disappear. Okay, so now, you've, you're at the beginning of this obstacle course, you can't see anything, but you're given a choice. You're given a choice. The choice you're given is you can either attempt to navigate the obstacle course on your own, or you can follow the instructions of a guide. Okay? So, will you attempt to make it on your own, or will you accept the help of someone to lead you through those twists and turns and ups and downs and all the other difficulties set before you? So, what would you do? What would you choose? Choose the guide. Choose the guide. Guide? Yeah, everybody? Okay, well, I, I think we've all made a wise choice. <laughs> I think we've all made a very wise choice, okay? Yeah, we would, we would rather have some help than to try and navigate an American Ninja Warrior course all, all on our own, wouldn't we? Okay, so now here's the, the, the truth is, right, this imaginary obstacle course, in fact, is more real than many of us might realize. Because the course that's set before us is our life. It's actually our life. Each of us can choose. We can either navigate through the unknown and unforeseen circumstances that lie before us in life. And have we ever had any surprises in life? Anything ever happened that you weren't really planning on? Or even when you planned, it didn't actually work out that way? Yeah. So we have the choice to do all that on our own or follow the directions of an unseen guide. Good news for us is this, is that God knows the path that's set before us. God knows that path, and he offers to direct our footsteps through the leading and help of his Holy Spirit. You can go it alone, try to navigate the journey with uncertainty, or you can take each step with confidence, 
take each step with confidence following the leading of the Holy Spirit. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. So before we go any further today, let's read today's scripture passage. That's found in Galatians 5, verses 16, and then we'll jump and read 19 through 25. So starting in Galatians 5, verse 16, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. All right, now with that in mind, the real question then for us today, considering that obstacle course that's before us and what we've just read, then is how can we walk in the Spirit? How can we walk in the Spirit? How can we live our lives with the direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit? How can we follow the leading of God who is able to clearly see everything that's before us so that we can run our race with confidence? Well, the first thing then that we need to do is actually receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. People living their lives apart from God can't receive the help of the Holy Spirit. Only people who've actually personally accepted Jesus Christ and become a follower of Jesus and have received the filling of the Holy Spirit into their lives can benefit from the direction of the Spirit. Until you accept Jesus as your personal Savior, the fact is that your mind is like on a different wavelength. And you're just incapable of, of hearing and tuning into the voice of the Holy Spirit to receive that guidance and direction. So what you are is like the person who at that starting line decided to run blind. <laughs> who said, no, I don't want any help. I'll just do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And we all know that doesn't turn out well. Jesus is the only way to God. He took the penalty of our sin upon himself when he died on the cross and was resurrected. You can be forgiven and make a fresh start if you personally accept what he did for you. And we know that because the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. You will be saved. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think things were, if you will do that, you will be saved. If you're going to follow God and allow him to be your guide, uh, directing you through that obstacle course of life, then your first step is to accept God as your guide and receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 say, said, now it is God who makes, us both, who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Jesus gives us the promise that the Holy Spirit will be our counselor and our guide. John 14, verses 16 and 17 says, 
And this is Jesus talking. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus tells us that the Father will give us a friend, a counselor, a comforter. The Greek word that's used there to describe this is called parakletos. Parakletos, okay? Parakletos literally means one called alongside. One called alongside. So the Holy Spirit is right here alongside us. Right here alongside us. Even in the most difficult or challenging moments of our life to guide us through our decisions because he will be our counselor and our guide. Isn't that great to know? Yes. I mean, isn't that really wonderful news to know that because we go through some difficult things in life and to know that we can have the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit to keep us on track and to avoid those pitfalls. Because on American Ninja Warriors, sometimes those guys fall and they get wet. <laughs> they get wet. And, you know. So when we accept Christ's forgiveness, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And yet there's more. As Pastor Cindy was talking about last week, last Sunday in Acts 1, Jesus told his disciples, who were certainly already followers of Jesus, mm -hmm. right? That, and, and they had received that, you know, that, that initial deposit of the Holy Spirit, that there was more in Acts 4, verses 4, Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. He said to them to not leave, to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the gift that my Father promised. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So walking in the Spirit begins when we receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit. The second thing then, once we've done that, is we need to learn to rely on the Spirit every day. Every day. God is trustworthy. Can we all agree with that? That God is trustworthy. Yeah, so when we choose to rely on the Holy Spirit, we can have absolute confidence in God in every step we take. We're not just stumbling around in the dark looking for some path that's out there in front of us, no matter how sharp the curve or treacherous the terrain. Uh, we need to allow the Holy Spirit's power to, to live in us and to rely on him because what it does is it helps us live differently. It helps us live differently than we would on our own. Jesus called the Holy Spirit in John 14, 17, the spirit of truth. Here's, the, here's the, why that's so important, that it's the spirit of truth. Think about this. Half-truths, half-truths, we all know what that is, right? Kind of like a lie. It's a half-truth, okay? Error, outright lies, in fact, Anything that's false or counterfeit, mm -hmm. those things come in an infinite number of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Lies and deceptions can come from almost any direction mm -hmm. and they can come in many forms. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Here's the good news. Truth is singular yes. in its revelation. This, this idea that truth, if it's true, it's true. Yes. And it's always true. Mm -hmm. 
here's the challenge for us. That kind of flies in the face of uh, what we would call a tolerant culture. That's kind of, you know, the fact is the truth is the truth. Truth is not relative to the situation. Truth is absolute. If something is true, it's always true. And it's universally true. And it's true for me, and it's true for you. And it's true, here's the hard part, and it's true whether you or I choose to believe it or not. Yes. Yes. If it's true, it's just true. Mm -hmm. It's our choice if we want to believe it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make it true or not true. Mm -hmm. So as a result, when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, comes to live within us, we will live differently. We will live differently because the Spirit leads us according to truth and not what may be either currently popular or politically correct you can't live your life differently in your own strength some of us have tried can we all agree to that yeah some of us have tried okay and and in galatians 5:22, it says you can't produce the fruit of the spirit on your own since the spirit and the flesh contradict each other at every turn. You mean you're just living in contradiction, okay? You need the life of Jesus in you, and only the power of the Holy Spirit can bring the character of Jesus out in you through how you live your life. So we need to learn to rely upon the Holy Spirit to empower our daily lives. Actually rely on it. The Bible tells us in Acts 1.8 that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. Holy Spirit will enable you to share the love of Jesus and be an effective witness for Christ. However, the Spirit will do more than just give you the words to say. The Holy Spirit makes it possible for you to live a life that's consistent with your testimony. That's a challenge, right? We, a lot of times... We, we know what we believe, but our lives don't always, we don't always act that way. Okay? But the empowering of the Holy Spirit can help us to actually keep our life and our testimony consistent. The words you speak for Christ, then, will be validated by the life you live. And that's what people will see. So, we need to rely on the Spirit to give us wisdom and guidance. Because when we trust God to help us live differently, you're depending on the Spirit to lead you in truth. In order to follow the leading of the Spirit, you need to believe that God will give you the understanding and the insight that you could not receive any other way. You couldn't receive it apart from Him. You want to rely on the Spirit for wisdom and guidance then, every day and every step that you take. And we know that He will because we have the promise in Proverbs 2, verses 6. And it says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Mm -hmm. Okay, step back a second. Remember that obstacle course? Yes. Remember the obstacle? Can't forget it, can you? Okay. <laughs> Even the smartest among us are going to have trouble making it through each of the obstacles because we've been blindfolded. Mm -hmm. Our perspective and our understanding is really limited, right? When we, can't, when we can't see it. What I'm really glad to tell you today is that God doesn't have our limited perspective. 
He, he, has, he has his wisdom and his understanding is so far above our own. God looks at the obstacle course of our lives and he can see it from start to finish all at once. You know, if you think about it, right, on an op, that, that ninja warrior, you know, obstacle course, right, when you're the one running it, all you can see is like the next obstacle. But imagine if you were like five stories high looking down on the whole course. You could see what was coming. You, you would know how to anticipate. You could plan. Well, God sees, God isn't right here. When, when you and I are facing the challenges of life and we just see the one problem we've got right now, that can seem overwhelming to us. But God sees from the beginning to the end. And so he's able to lead us and guide us. God knows the path we need to take. He can see the dangers that are around the next bend that you and I can't see. He sees the valleys and the mountains. And God will show us the way if only we're willing to trust him to do that. So it's learning to rely on him every day. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 tells us that we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding, because it's very limited. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. When God is leading us, that obstacle course, you know, it doesn't really matter what it looks like out there. Okay, it didn't say there that in my obstacle course of life, God will get rid of all the obstacles. <laughs> He said he will make my path straight. And you know what my path is at the moment? It's just the next step. Yeah. It doesn't matter what steps four and five still look like because God will make my path straight so that by the time I get to step four and five, he's made it straight. And he's made it straight. Even though it looks terrible out in front of me. And it can look awesome. In order to walk in the spirit, we need to first perceive the spirit. And then we need to learn to rely on the Spirit mm -hmm. since we have the assurance that God will be faithful to direct our steps. Okay. So now as we've agreed, we've got that obstacle course, we've been blindfolded, but we've received the Spirit to be our guide, and now we're relying on the Spirit. We say, yes, I'm going to rely on the Spirit. But now, for anything to happen, the third and final thing we have to do is we actually have to respond and act mm -hmm. to the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. None of us are going to complete the course if we just stand here. <laughs> we have to move. Yeah. We have to move. We have to be willing to take action. This is kind of, and okay, actually, this is the hard one. This is kind of where the rubber meets the road, the way they say it, okay? Because we got to be willing to move at the leading of the Holy Spirit. And would anybody agree with me that sometimes that doesn't always look like the easy thing to do? You know? Okay? I, so Galatians 5.25, as it said earlier when we read it, says, but since we're going to live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So what that really means is that if I've received the Holy Spirit and I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says, let's move, I need to be willing to move. Yes. Let me keep in step with the Spirit. 
in order to walk in the spirit, so we got to respond, listening to following, okay? But but then we've we've got to we've got to actually move, okay? Now I'm going to read you a, a, a couple of verses here, and I'm telling you right now, so listen to them carefully because after I read them, I'm going to ask you a question about them. So I'm prepping you, okay? So you're so you're not. I don't catch you off guard, okay? Okay. So this is Acts 13. Verses 1 through 3. Okay? And it tells, says, and this is about the church of Antioch. The church in Antioch. Okay, so now the church at Antioch, in there, there were prophets and teachers. There was Barnabas and Simeon and Lucius of Cyrene and uh, Manian and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, here's what the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Set them apart for the work for which I have called them. So, after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. Okay? Yeah. Everybody got that? Yeah. All right, so here's... So, we've just heard that the church in Antioch was a great church. It had prophets and teachers and they knew the word of God, right? They, they probably had a very talented worship team like we do. Okay? They were committed to prayer. It says that they, they fasted and prayed. Okay? But those were not the attributes that made them a great church. So here's the question, and it was there. What made them a great church? They were followers of the Lord. They were followers of the Lord. And they, I think they respond obediently to the... To, to the, the, the yeah, they responded obediently. Okay? What made them a great church in the Lord's eyes was that it says that when the Holy Spirit led them to set aside Barnabas and, uh, um, and, and Saul for the work, yes, they believed, they fasted, and they prayed. But what if they had stopped right there? <laughs> yeah, Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Okay. How many times has God, has the Holy Spirit put it on our hearts to do something, and we say, "Oh, we fast," you know, we be fast, we pray, we pray, but then we don't act. Mm -hmm. Okay. What made them a great church was that they were committed to doing. They acted, and they were committed to doing the the Lord's will. So they sent them on their way. Okay. Look. The, the devil doesn't fear a church because it's big or it's got a nice building or, you know, it's got a, it's, okay, it's got a lot of stuff. The enemy fears a church that's united in its desire to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That happens when we respond to the, as a church, we respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit collectively when each of us individually is listening and responding. Yeah. Okay? Because here's the truth. I can't walk in the Spirit for you. You can't walk in the Spirit for me. That's a decision each of us makes on our own. So if we're going to successfully maneuver the obstacle course of our lives then each one of us must choose to take the step that the Holy Spirit places in front of us to take.
Would you guys stand with me as we get ready to close today? So let's just bow our heads, just have a moment of privacy here. Uh, and just only you think about how you might need to respond today, okay? Um, first thing, if are you filled with worry and anxiety today about stuff? Have you forgotten to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to grant you wisdom and peace? To show you how to navigate the obstacles of life? If you would say, yeah, you know, I've, I've just been forgetting to rely on the Holy Spirit. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Okay, okay. Or maybe that you found it difficult to actually do what the Holy Spirit has been prompting you to do. You, you found it difficult to actually have the faith to take that step and take action. But today you say, yeah, no, I want to start being a person that moves to stay in step with the Spirit and move when the Holy Spirit says move. If that's you, raise your hand. Okay, okay. So, Lord, today, you've seen our hands, and, Lord, you know our hearts. And, Father, what we want to be are people who are walking with you. Father, we want to not only uh, be baptized in the Holy Spirit and be filled with your Spirit, but, Lord, we want to rely on your Spirit. And then, Lord, when you tell us and lead us to move, Lord, we want to be people who stay in step with the Spirit and move. So, Lord, I pray that you would grant us wisdom, grant us courage. And, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that our lives would move even one more step closer to an alignment with your will for each of us. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. 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 Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing in him, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen.